Chances are you have no idea or very little information so far about the social injustices that the Muslim Uyghur populations are facing in Xinjiang, China. Whether it is because of other preoccupations in the current world, your busy life, or simply just ignorance, I'm here to help spread light upon the Uyghur story. My name is Gabriela DeAngelis, and I will educate you on and help you understand the dire situation of these people. Currently in Xinjiang, China, close to a million Uyghur and Muslim Chinese people are being held captive in the re-education camps that the communist Chinese government has set in place as a purification for their population. This is close to one-tenth of the Muslim population in Xinjiang who could possibly be captured. The justifications for these camps are a pathetic excuse for an anti-terrorism plan of action due to the extensive struggle of violence within these communities. These camps are supposedly China's final solution to this problem and troubled population. Though, the truth has been nothing but physical and psychological torture upon this minority. While in the detainment centers, the Chinese government enforces strict policies upon the Muslim Uyghurs. This includes severing any ties they had with their old religion. The authorities deem that anyone practicing their Muslim religion in Xinjiang should be re-educated. The detainees are also completely cut off from the outside world and news. Reporters of the New York Times have also debuted claims of sexual abuse and beatings happening within the camps. Clearly, it seems that their basic human rights and freedom have been stripped from off their backs. Imagine if this was you, your child, or a loved one. How would you feel? On that topic, you would think that once the inmates are released, it guarantees their freedom. That is simply just a false assumption. According to the New York Times, some former inmates have described a system of forced labor in which they have been required to work for little or no pay after their release. This is showing that even after a year of torture, a Uyghur is never truly free. To help you fully understand the context of this situation, I will be providing some brief yet informative background information to help listeners fully be able to grasp this situation. Because of the encirclement and containment goal initiated by the United States of America, the alliance between China and Moscow required the pacification of the Uyghurs in order to keep developing economically. Next, within the Uyghur population, there have been strong opinions about the state of their land. Most of the violent outbursts were centered around politics and the current presidents. Finally, after the 9-11 attacks, China pressured Washington to identify the Uyghurs as a terrorist group. Beijing then acted very strictly upon these terrorist groups, using it as some sort of excuse for their sickening behavior and treatment upon these people. On the topic of presidential leaders in China, the three most recent leaders have had major involvement in the jumpstart of the suppression of the Uyghur population. 
These high-standing figures include the names of Jiang Zemin, Hu Jingtao, and Xi Jinping. It first started in 2001 with Jiang Zemin. Jiang initiated the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, which resulted in the deluge of the country's resources to secure the land of Xinjiang. Then came Hu Jingtao, who mercilessly dealt with the violent outbursts from the Uyghur community in 2009. This was due to the repression of this ethnic group. Finally, there were Xi Jinping's efforts. Xi founded the Belt and Road Initiative, which has its major control base in the heart of Xinjiang. So ultimately, a pacification of the Uyghurs would be necessary for not only this new initiative, but for the alliance China has with Moscow, like stated previously. Not only is Xi Jinping jumpstarting trillion-dollar campaigns, but he takes pride in other superficial things as well. On China's behalf, Xi Jinping holds appearance and racial purity on a very high pedestal. He explained to Donald Trump, the president of the United States, that a Chinese person should be a descendant of the dragon with black hair and yellow skin. These are characteristics that the Muslim Uyghur population do not necessarily have when it comes to appearance. Due to this, the Uyghur minority is often denied basic services that should be offered to any human, such as transportation or housing accommodations. This is not the only discrimination this population faces, because it is the Chinese government that has the ultimate power over who gets drafted, deployed, and hired. They choose to prefer Han Chinese over Muslim Uyghurs. Economic alienation, along with the restrictions that were forced upon this community during 2009, leads to isolation and irreversible trauma that no person should have to face. Not only does the Chinese government have a major influence over its people, but other countries in the world as well. Most of the Muslim-governed countries are staying silent in regards to this injustice against the Muslim Uyghur community. There are many factors behind the silence, with the leading cause being linked to the provision of different assets, including money, all rooting from China. China can manipulate countries by holding loans and large sums of money against them through trades and deals, forming a sort of alliance that any smaller region would find crucial. And out of the 49 top Muslim-governed countries, only three have stood up to the powers of China to speak out about this ongoing injustice towards the Muslim Uyghurs. To the little extent that these three countries have protested, these efforts were not merely enough. Silence and isolation like this can drive a person to feel helpless among the world, a planet filled with around six billion other humans, but no one to help. China and others think that these camps are a final solution, but obviously have started a whole new problem of its own, challenging and basically disregarding many views and ideologies about human rights, freedom, and morality. According to the New York Times, 
China views these camps as a final solution to curb terrorism and separatism, and that the camps provide instruction in Chinese language and other skills to people who might be susceptible to extremist ideas. Clearly, the way that China is executing this is very wrong on many levels. According to an article written in the year 2014 by Professor R. Harriharan, the whole country should be dedicated to dissolving the estrangement, which is the key to Xinjiang's long-term stability. In the article, there were claims of equal and fair opportunities for the Uyghurs to be included into the population and society of China. Another quote from the same article states, "No amount of military crackdown alone can uproot the feeling of alienation and separatism unless holistic efforts are made to nurture the feeling of inclusivity." This is proof of the saying, "Easier said than done," can be applied to a situation like this. In 2014, Professor R. Harriharan was hopeful for the abolishment of the alienation among the Uyghurs and the Han Chinese. Only to have the opposite of what was claimed to have actually happened. Instead of a holistic approach, there were arrests and detainments. Nonetheless, there is an organization by the name of World Uyghur Congress taking matters into its own hands by constantly engaging with the UN to try and spread light globally and hold accountability to China. This organization is working hard to ensure a free future for the Muslim Uyghur population. By raising this issue to an international level and praising others when they do the same, one example of this includes supporting the UK for their expressed want to boycott products that come from the unpaid labor in the camps. If you want to take action, there are many different paths you could go down. Firstly, taking part in a related NGO would be very helpful. Unfortunately. I was unable to find any specifically related to this issue, but did come across one against the torture and capture of human life. You could also take measures by ensuring that you were not supporting any businesses that used forced labor. I would like to take a moment of recognition for the sources that were used to help gather the information in this podcast. The list of different pages from an assortment of websites and databases include the following: Uyghur Muslim Ethnic Separatism in Xinjiang, China; Xinjiang: The Silence of the Muslims; UK calls for UN access to Chinese detention camps in Xinjiang; China needs a clear solution for Uyghur separatism. Rape in Xinjiang camps. The Tibetan president. New Xinjiang leaks detail China's massive detention system targeting Uyghurs. How China tracked detainees and their families. UK government urged to ban import of Chinese cotton made using Uyghur forced labor. And finally, China's final solution in Xinjiang. All of the links to these specific pages and sites will be linked where you can easily access them for more information about this topic. I would finally like to close off by saying, I thank you for listening, and the Uyghurs do too.